Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Nightlight, so glad you could share your time with us this evening. It's going to be an exciting one because the material we're going to go over is something that I just am, am hip deep into and full of juicy stuff to share with too. Um, but before we start, I want to also thank Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. Uh, you can find him on the internet. Just look up Native Storytellers. He and his wife are professional Native Storytellers. Both, I believe, are uh, pure blood. And they, they have preserved this method of sharing knowledge, wisdom, and cosmology with the native storytelling that, that is an amazing way in which to pass history on generation to generation to generation. And it is worthwhile looking, investigating, and understanding that there are many ways other than the written word and newspapers and, and the Internet uh, to share history. So check it out when you get a chance. We're going to be talking with Wallace Wagner tonight, and he's written a wonderful book called Crossing the Crevasse. And I want to share a little of the information that was from the back of the book. We are not alone. We have never been alone since day one. The government feels we cannot handle the truth, so it's blocked, it's locked down so tight that even the president cannot find out what's really going on. It's on a limited need-to-know basis. There are groups that are operating technically outside our elected government with access to the 50 billion plus of unaccounted for Department of Defense monies. The Bible is full of encounters. History itself is full of encounters that continue to this day. The Bible is full of inconsistencies as well, and, and we're going to get into some of those. So he has a very wide range of material that he has presented in this amazing book. <clears throat> he received his B.S. degree from West Virginia University in 1981 and subsequently did graduate work at Marshall University and the University of Charleston. He has gained a unique understanding of the Bible from 40 years of study, mostly done autodidactically. He has an interest in UFO-type craft in the Bible, Prophecy, the Great Pyramid of Giza, Disclosure, and Legitimate Crop Circles. 
wide range of material to play with, and we only have two hours. So, welcome to the show, Wallace. I'm so glad that we were able to get together early this evening and do this show. Well, thank you, Barbara. I am certainly, certainly glad to be with you, and it's my honor. Ah. Well, Nightlight is honored to have you as well. Um, I think one of the, the many things about your book that intrigued me tremendously um, yeah, a number of things just hit home to me. Certainly the, the biblical inconsistencies, and I do want to get into some of those. But you are a fellow UFO fighter, and, and you know, it, it's, um, it's really fun to talk to other people that have actually done had a UFO sighting and, and their experience of, you know, what they experienced and, and what they felt afterwards and how they were treated when they talked about telling people that they had actually seen one. So you want to share with us your experience? Sure. Initially, I did not share it with very many people. Um, my wife, of course, and my Sunday school class and just a few family members. But it was back in 2016, specifically September, I was a mailman at the time, one of quite a number of jobs I've had in in this short lifetime. And um, I had just made a delivery to a lady and put a package under her carport. And I was walking back to my Jeep and something or somebody, something told me to stop and look up. And I was standing in the lady's front yard, and, and that's what I did. <clears throat> Excuse me. And literally right over my head was this white, oblong craft. I'm guessing that's about 2,000 to 2,500 feet over my head. And I'm guessing that it was about 30 by 50 feet feet in length. It had no windows, no nacelles, no wings, nothing to me that could support it being there. And, you know, the fact that it had no windows was also, you know, bizarre, but it had no sound. And and uh-huh. it was just there for three seconds, and then it was not there. I say it was not there. It either took off so fast that I could not see it or it cloaked or it entered another dimension. And I'm not sure which one of those scenarios is correct. But it was beside a little cloud, and the little cloud had no movement, which leads me to believe it either cloaked or went into perhaps another dimension. And um, as it turns out, that type of craft is the same one that has recently been on TV so many times called a Tic Tac. And a picture of that Tic Tac of what I saw is on the front cover of Crossing the Crevice. So since Ah. that came out, that's what that little capsule is on the front of the book. That's exactly what I saw. And... um, since since I have seen that, of course, uh, I feel vindicated because of you know what's come out with the Navy fighter jets having seen that and 
and whatnot, and they were actually the ones to coin the phrase tic-tac. So at that point, I I felt much more comfortable to talk about it. And, of course, I wrote the book while COVID was in full blast, so uh, I had a lot of time to spend with it. So I put pretty much everything I had into the book. I was was reaching that you know, done done quite a bit of study, and uh, I kind of sort of consider myself a Bible geek. So the sections in there about the Bible basically comes from being, a, I guess you would say, a conservative Baptist and a conservative Methodist and a quasi-Catholic all combined. <laughs> well, my so. sighting was in 1966, so I, I pre I cite you a little bit. Um, ah. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's amazing the difference in the reaction of people when you tell them that you've seen a UFO from when I saw them. Um, saw it. It was just it. Um, my experience then was that there were people around me that were that were frightened, that were terrified, that were crying, that were screaming. There were people that hid in closets. There were there there were people standing right next to me that swear they didn't see anything. So that in my experience and, and over the years, it's almost to me very much like in, in that, that movie, um, Close Encounters of a Third Kind, I, I get a feeling that, that some people are being invited to see them and others are not. And I don't that's know not if that's the first that has... I've heard about people not, you know, not seeing them when other people do. Uh, it makes me wonder. Well, I, it, it, I think it may have to do with frequency and level of consciousness and all sorts of other things. But, um, but when you do go into the Bible, I mean, they're all over the place in the Bible. Um, how people can not recognize that has always befuddled me. Um, from Ezekiel's wheels to, you know, some of the other crafts they talked about, you know, riding in chariots of fire and stuff like that. I mean, these are clearly vehicles that that are being used to transport people, gods, whoever. Barbara, without doubt, that is correct. Uh, I'm like you. I don't understand how anyone who reads and or studies their Bible cannot grasp but a chariot is not made of fire. That, and when Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind, what made the whirlwind? Uh-huh. I mean, you have to use some common sense, I guess. Uh, uh, and, and I think some people have a hard time with that because they want every single word they read to be the absolute truth. And, and in that book of books, it's really not. Uh, uh, there's plenty of inconsistencies, and uh, well, I I just and, and I love the fact that when you did your study, how many different Bibles were you using? For this book, I had used four. I had used a, a new translation, the Living Bible. I'd used the NIV, the King James, of course, and then my favorite would be the New American Standard. It's it's I think. Most people, when you say the Bible, they assume that there's only one, but there are so many different Bibles, and um, and there have been throughout time 
and and I, I loved I loved especially the the one place that it, and and I can't remember what year it was that it happened, but they had a misprint in it, and instead of saying thou shalt not commit adultery, it said thou, thou shalt commit adultery. <laughs> you're you're correct. I think I have that in my book. In fact, and, and that printing company lost their uh, ability to print after that. But uh, there there was that <laughs> mistake. Yes. But there's been, I, I, I would there's love been one other of mistakes uh, uh, made as well, and, and the Bible has been changed. I don't want to use the word consistently, but many, many, many times since you know it was conceived by Constantine Jerome. I mean, it, it's been changed recently by the Danish Bible Society, who have basically taken out the word Israel altogether, and the reason for that is. The Israel today has nothing to do with the Israel back then. So that's that's their uh, uh, philosophy. So it's, it's a replacement philosophy, and they've, they've replaced the word Israel with church. Wow. So, so people have the ability to go in and change what's in there really without any ramifications by anyone. I mean, there's, there's no one actu- actually holding the exact words and holding people accountable if if they change it and it's been changed multiple times well what 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 has really um get, gotten to me is you know when they have that one line that you know thou art peter and upon my rock you i will build my church there were no churches then so that is correct and they were all Jewish. So what was he talking about? Because Jesus, the disciples, all of them, they were all Jews. And and so what the 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 Aramaic, the Greek, the Latin, the whatever, the 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 different iterations of the Bible has taken away the initial the 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 first meaning of what did he actually say? Because Jesus wasn't planning on departing from Judaism. He was teaching another level of it, another aspect of it. So what did he mean when he said that, I wonder? I'm not sure that that word church was from his mouth. I believe the word church may have been installed hundreds of years later. So if that happens then you know how many other words and and for the longest time the bible when it was put together was copied by monks over and over and over and over and over and over again and then it was retranslated into what roman roman and then greek and and then latin and then english i mean it it's you take a word for instance the word Sky, the word heaven in the Bible is really they mean the sky, and and they they don't say sky, they say heaven, and that gives people a misconception of what is being said. Well, it, uh, the word heaven or heaven per se, we really just don't know what that is. I mean, Jesus himself said that no one has gone to heaven except the Son of Man who descended from heaven. Mm-hmm. So 
And we have this notion that, you know, instantly when you die, you're in heaven because of what was mentioned cross with paradise. You know, between you and me, how can we have a conversation between you and me when all this audience is listening? But yes. is paradise the same time? Oh, that's a good question. I've often thought about that. Or is paradise a place where you are alive and perhaps you are waiting to be born again? Mm-hmm. Well, and well, Jesus explained born again. It, did, it didn't mean actually going back to the womb. So, but... but I want to diverge, go from that to another thing. Um, He said, in his father's house there were many mansions, and that he went to prepare room for everybody. Well, who was there now? Was there nobody there until Jesus came down, and then then people went to heaven? I mean, wasn't heaven always there? You know, you bring up a good point, and I would just tack on to that. If, If... God created this earth in six days, and Jesus is God, then we far exceeded six days for the place to have been prepared. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, it also brings up another interesting question in my mind, that, uh, and I refer to this in the book also, that uh, Jesus is away right now. Everybody says Jesus is here. Jesus is away. He himself said he needed to go away so the Comforter could come. But Jesus is away preparing a place for us. And the Comforter is left. So I have a hard time accepting that Jesus is here now. And and I cannot subscribe that the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is the same entity as Jesus Christ. I, I just can't accept that well if if he were here now he, the things he'd be the thing he would be most famous for would be you know extreme age um but physically speaking of course he isn't but you know in our hearts of course he is and and that part of us that is connected to the divine has connection to him that way but um I find I find it fascinating, you know, all of the different essays that went into creating the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and the fact that the New Testament was created before the Old Testament was created. I thought that was really kind of cool. Um and and it just, you know, it's it is a book that is amazing and and it has amazing material in it and I, I also would, you know, be very fascinated with, you know, looking at some of the material that didn't quite make it into the Bible, but was, um, I mean, the book of Enoch was considered inspired for a while, and then apparently it got uninspired and it was removed. Um, do you have any idea why? No, I, I, I do. Uh, uh, from my studies, it, it's basically that Enoch referred to a Messiah, and the Jews were not very pleased with that. So it was basically uh, a political move to appease the Jews. 
at that time. So a lot of, a lot of the early church fathers, you know, believe it was inspired. And one really needs to understand that book to, to really grasp what's in the Bible. Uh, it, it should have been in there. And uh, I, I, it will be in my next book, by the way. It will be in the appendix of my next book. I, I believe it is still in the Ethiopian Bible. It is, in Orthodox. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, I, I think if people approached the Bible as a a teaching tool and, and a tool to do research from, rather than something that should be taken literally word for word, they'd grow more, they'd learn more, and they'd have a greater appreciation for the times that all of this happened in, I think. Well, I totally, I totally agree with that, Barbara. That, that's, uh, yeah, I think you're dead on. So, you know, mean, it, when it was even started to be put together, there were issues. You had to weed out all all the Gnosticism, and then you had the, the old Hebrew Bible, and you had the Greek Bible, and you tried to put it all together in one book, and, and changes were made from the get-go. The first few sentences in Genesis were not at all what was in the Hebrew Bible. I mean, uh, uh, Elohim created the earth, and Elohim uh-huh. was, in, was in the Bible, you well, Many, many, like thousands of times, and it was all taken out. And Elohim meant, meant plural gods, both male and female. So that kind of changes what we, you know, how we think the, the earth was created. And it adds a little more emphasis on the word us and we when you, when you read those two words of Genesis. Yes. That, now, now it has a better, you can grasp what. Well, you know, the the when you think about the these groups of these congresses or these groups of of, of people that were were given the the, uh, the the task of putting together a Bible, you think of how overwhelming it must have been to try to weave a story together with with material that was already written and and makes sense and you know you, you almost can can do away with the old testament i i not not actually do away with it but you know most people study basically the new testament as opposed to the old testament but the old testament's full of such fun um i mean it's got giants and it's got all sorts of wonderful stuff in it and and maybe maybe I, I know it's important because it is it, it is the Torah. It's it's what you know the Jewish community utilizes, and it's there because you know it, 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 there's a connection between the two. Because of mm-hmm. course, a Jewish person you know became Christ-like, and and Christianity is born. So so I guess for that reason alone, it had to be it it all had to be together because most of the people putting it together were Jewish, I would think. Very true. But I honestly believe that it was an effort to have some type of a consensus unified 
belief, and in doing so, a lot of stuff got taken out that should have been in there or remained in there, and and just to appease groups. And I also have a strong inclination that the way it was written really had to do with with the prominence of the church becoming all powerful. And that's that's what happened after it was uh, put together with Jerome's Bible. That's what happened mm-hmm. for the next uh, 1,200 years, from about 400 up to 1,600 before you know, Martin Luther uh, got involved. Um, you had to be rich to even have access to a Bible, and most people couldn't read it anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was true. something that only the priest had, and you only you only got the information that, that, that the priest thought was relevant. Now, I have been told that um, that that which has been put into the Bible was considered inspired. And the only other word I can think of for inspired is channeled. Um, but, but, you know, those that say they were, you know, stuff was inspired, you know, kind of poo-poo that. So what does inspired mean? And why has there not in the last 2,000 years been any more inspired writing? That's a very good question. Um, you know, we're not really taught what inspired means other than the Holy Spirit um, um, infiltrated, for lack of a better word, the canonist and led them to decide what should be in the book and what should not be in the book. And um, just just to say it's funny right offhand, if that was the case, then the Holy Spirit apparently made a mistake because according to the NIV, there's a little verse in Mark that uh, the NIV says we took it out because we've come to realize it was never there to begin with. A little verse goes something like this, he who has ears, let him hear. And uh, that's not in the NIV, and it remains in the other three uh, uh, Bibles that I have used. That's just little, little, little things that I say changes happen all the time. And, and it's, I don't know, it's a little well, disheartening. Well, you know, why would one fool with inspired writing? Um I mean, not that I'm, not that I'm saying that you know I channel material that's very beautiful from time to time, and 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 I would say that it is inspired because it comes through my higher consciousness, and but I'm I'm pretty sure that's not what they're talking about when they say um, these texts were inspired, and if it is, then then. I would think the Holy Spirit would be inspiring many people throughout time to write material to help people to guide them and and and, and to give them uh, direction. 
I, 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 I talked to one person who said, you know, God wrote the Bible, and when he was done, he's not writing any more books. And that, to me, doesn't make sense. No. I'm, I would have a hard time keeping a smile off my face if somebody told me that. But uh, that's Maybe. like saying God, God is done with us. He created everything, and I'll come back 2,000 years later. I mean, yeah. no, I don't think it, so. I don't either, and, and there are people today that 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 write the most inspiring material that that is so holy and 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 divine like that that one would would just say that that's just beautiful, that's perfect, and and yet you know there's a, I. You, you can't you can't do it. It's not like the Encyclopedia Britannica used to be, where every year you come up with an upgrade and more material. But why not? You know, That's a good I, question. There, and and yet the, uh, that would in, that if that was the case, that would infer that um, God is still with us and and the Holy Spirit is still writing and. You know, it's kind of like it's the best-selling book, has been forever. Um, you know, you do something like that, it's hard to write a second book. But, And I'm not saying write a, write a second book, but but at least understand that, that inspiration comes through and from everyone. And is it appropriate only for them when they're writing stuff? Maybe. But um, I don't know. I think the Bible is a wonderful book to to. to Look at to read through to um, to compare things and and I love the way you showed the inconsistencies. It was just it was very obvious that that it was hours and hours and months and years of of study and and finding places where the different Bibles had different ways of looking at things and I think appropriate for people to understand that that once in the hands of human beings. Lord knows what happens to the material. Mm. So, that is literally. So, that is so true. Anytime man is involved, <laughs> watch out. Yeah, and, and my complaint is no women were in on putting this book together. Well, to my what, knowledge. You say is, what you say is true. And the book was put together. That was pretty much the way it was. And, uh, it would not have been that way today, and uh, no. I mean, if you if you even understand Elohim, God's plural, male and female, and if you read yeah. Enoch, female angels, hello, uh, it, it was an all man society back then. Men controlled everything. Apparently, well, it's it's. It, it has certainly stood the test of time, and it has been around for a, a long time. And, and many people use it as, as, you know, the word of God. And I do believe that in many ways that, that God does speak through some of it, for sure. And and it's important that it's there to share with each other and and uh, and talk about. And I, I love the fact that because of the inconsistencies, people can sit around a fire at night and talk about the bible and but not in just 
just reading a phrase and, and saying how it applies to their life and stuff, but but reading something and going into what does this mean? What were what were what were the times like when this was written? What was the general political um, views of people? I mean, when when Constantine did his putting it all together um, after they decided what books were going to be included, everything else was destroyed because they wanted to have a consensus, a singular text that everybody adhered to. And even then, there were different sects of Christianity going on. And, and even today, look at the difference. You know, we have splits that are unbelievable of, of all Christianity, but, you know, a little bit here and there, very, very different. You know, to, to look to um, Episcopals and, pra- and Protestants, as far as that goes. They're both Christian, but different ways you of know, looking Barbara, at things. You're exactly correct. There's, there's over 30,000 denominations, and each of each one of them is slightly tweaked to be slightly different from the next one. And they're all the way. I think that, you know, what really gets to me is that that all of the religions out there, all of them, at their very fundamental foundation is the golden rule. And if we just paid attention to that, it would be a better world to live in. You, you are so right, sister. Uh, I honestly believe that there's a four-letter word permeates the universe, and that word is love. Mm-hmm. There are beings out there that are far superior to us. And let me tell you, if someone somewhere did not love us as a whole on this planet, we would not be here. And I think that love needs to be shared with everyone. You find a connection regardless of what their beliefs are, and you love them, and it would, the world would become a much better place. Well, according to the Bible, end times, you know, it, it, there is a prophecy of what end times would be like, and there are many people out there that are suggesting that, that we're actually in the end times. Now, what do you think? You know, even the disciples thought that they were in the end times. Uh, you know, <laughs> we are 2,000 years later, and uh, we're still talking about it. Um, the way Revelation is written to me, and specifically chapter 14, which I harp on, that's the one chapter in, in the entire book of the Revelation, which to me is out of place, but I am not allowed to say that it's out of place. Uh, I have to accept it where it is. And the angels do the reaping, chapter 14, but yet there's more people left on the earth, supposedly even being saved after that. Um, Until I saw my craft in the sky, you know, I thought reaping would be just like the movie, uh, the, the movies that have been out in the past, you would just disappear. Now, now my thinking has progressed a little differently. Um, 
being that I know that Jesus was in a craft, angels are in craft, Jesus is coming back from the east in the sky with thousands, I dare say ten thousands of other lights or crafts with him, would not this be a mass uh, retrieval, for lack of a better word, or rapture, going up into crafts to be with Jesus and or God, as Paul would say, uh, in the clouds. And, and some of us will go up without dying, uh-huh. which, which makes me now believe that, that we are going to have a, a visitation on a mass scale and some of us will be taken and moved to another world that has been made for us. Now, when I say some of us, I, I think that's a, open for interpretation. Um, perhaps those that have called Jesus uh, their Savior, maybe that's what that is. Um, there again, Anything I say beyond that would be speculation. Well, yeah, what, in, the, in the past, what, I would have just believed in people being disappeared at God. Now I believe okay. that we will actually see Jesus coming in the sky, those of us that will be taken up. And since we will see him coming in this craft and all these lights, we will be taken up, transported up into that craft, and then physically move those of us who are still alive to a new world, a new world that has been created for us without oceans, by the way. Okay, so if that's the case, my confusion is Jesus, as at this point, is um, spirit. Spirit can take on any form it needs to, so it will the spirit will form a physical form so you can recognize Jesus. Because the spirit is ethereal, etheric and doesn't need oxygen, doesn't need whatever, it's, it's, you know, eternal, why does it need a craft? He didn't have a craft when he appeared before Mary after he was crucified. No, but I'm pretty sure he was in a craft when he appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road because the light shone down around him just like it did with the shepherds. And Jesus spoke from heaven. Why Um, does he need a craft? If he is God, God doesn't need a craft. God is. (laughs) You're you're heading into an area that... uh, uh, is certainly open for debate. Uh, I guess if you were to say, is, is Jesus God, um, I would have to say no. I would have in the past, but the more uh-huh. I have studied and come to realize uh, we're talking about two separate uh, entities altogether. And, uh, I mean, even, even the God that appeared to Jesus let's say, on the, uh, during the transfiguration or uh-huh. even during Jesus' baptism. I believe crafts were involved there, and, and who we were calling God was in a craft. Well, is it, you know, and, and then I go back to, okay, so people describing this 
or telling the story are speaking from their only their own frame of reference. And so I guess maybe they're figuring there had to be a craft, otherwise how could he have been there? It it it's it, it is a confusion for me because knowing spirit and understanding spirit can holographically project and yet not, you know, and and especially, you know, if you're if you speak to spirits and stuff like that cuz, you know, I've done that. And but there's no physicality there. There's merely the the graphic sighting so that there's no need of a craft. The spirit yes, is holographically I, 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 projected. I, I understand that. But have you, uh, uh, I'm asking you a question instead of you asking me one. I just want to get you rested on this, actually. Sure. You know, the legion mentioned in the Bible, mm-hmm. they knew who Jesus was. And... They were spirits. They were demonic spirits. But they had entered that fellow. And they knew who Jesus was, and they pleaded for Jesus to put them in the pig. Now, mm-hmm. could it be that these spirits, including spirits per se, want a physical body of some type or even prefer a physical body of some type. And could you cross that over to me in all spirits? Well, according to my philosophy, um, spirits are etheric. They have no shape, no form, no whatever. And in order for them to experience things in the physical reality, they have to have an avatar to ride around in. Um, Okay. So... You know, I I don't know. All, all all I do know is that that our spirits are in the physical body. Our bodies are avatars, and that on death, the body does not go into the other realm, whether it's another dimension, whether it's another time frame, whether whatever. Our our spirit is what moves forward in time, lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. It's not the body, and that spirit in the avatar, you know, in here has the capability of projecting a holographic representation of anything, actually. So, you know, I I think that there's a lot that we we don't know about the power that we have, and as far as the legion, wow, amen to that. So I, I, my, the the analogy I, I I am putting out there today, well this week actually, um, is that our our bodies, the avatars, um, are like a car, and and there are all sorts of bells and whistles, but no owner's manual, and so it it's it behooves us to to investigate the potential of the human body and the spirit within the human body to see where all those bells and whistles are. Uh, the Buddha could, trans, could, could, could transport the whole body across a river at one point. Um, we have the power to do that if we, if we 
know how to look for it and how to how to um, work that muscle, so to speak, so that we're capable of of doing that. I think that would be well, cool. Let's talk. And, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that a second or two. Um, sure. Jesus himself said, "You will not only do the miracles I have done, but you will do miracles greater than these." Sure, all this I and more. I don't know of one person that has done what Jesus did. Um, you know, in in my lifetime, anyway. Go back to when Elijah was taken up. There yeah. were people that knew in advance when he was going to be taken up. There were prophecy schools in those days. And those prophecy schools of about 50 people, guess what? They knew he was going to be taken up. It was almost Uh a show to watch him being taken up in a whirlwind. And uh, they knew it was going to happen in advance. And I look at the Apostle Paul. You know, persecuted Christians. Uh-huh. And he had a complete Damascus Road experience, but he did not uh-huh. become an apostle immediately after that. There's a huge gap of three years. And in, in that three years' time, he went to Saudi Arabia, the same places where um, Elijah, Elisha, and whatnot, and perhaps even. Uh, where God descended and gave the uh, Ten Commandments, but that uh-huh. same area. And when Paul came back, he had powers he did not have before. Now that tells me in our brain that that that, that there we have potential, but it's not being tapped and we're not being well, trained. Well, look at Jesus. You know, you lose track of him for for almost. 20-some years, and the rumors have it that he studied in Tibet and he studied in India and he studied in other places. And I can explain to you why that isn't happening today, and part of the reason is all of the technology out there. Um, they, 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 They did not have anything to do but study and but meditate and but go into their own souls and, and, and work on themselves. They didn't have the distractions, unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately, if, well, that we have today. I, no computers, no television, no radio. They, they knew how to meditate. They knew how to um, seek answers inside of themselves. They didn't have the complications that society today pours on us so that we are so distracted by all of the all of the other stuff that goes on that we don't have the time. I mean, with this pandemic, a lot of people have been secluded in, in their own homes, and, and some, of, some people have actually spent the time working on themselves and going into themselves and meditating and, and, and reading and expanding their consciousnesses, and, and, and other people haven't. But it's, it, humanity has been given an opportunity to grow and, and to expand and, and to... Um, in many ways, ascending consciousness, and you know, many people have taken it. But um, you know, if you go back to those schools of study, I mean, they were they were brutal, <laughs> but 
<laughs> but they did, you know, they, they, they got you into yourself where you learned how to use energy, where you used to, learned how to focus energy, where you, um, y- you know, if you look at the body, our bodies are electromagnetic machines. And if you know how to use energy, you can have the energy of the body to heal. And, um, you know, it, it, it that's works. Called, is that, it that's, called, that's what's called the, the, uh, is that the Reiki master, or Reiki, I'm not mispronouncing um, that. Reiki, Reiki, yeah. Reiki, Reiki is energy yeah. work, sure. Um, and, and But but it's, it's all a matter of, um, my goodness, anybody who does Tai Chi feels the energy running in their body. You can feel the energy there. If you can feel it, you know it's there, you can use it. Now, um, personally, well, I'm not, I I'm don't... I'm not doubting. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, personally, I don't believe that, that that we have the right to heal another person. We have, you know, we can send them energy, but healing they have to do themselves because the spirits in that body are here to learn something, and if you solve their problem for them, they'll just get a bigger problem down the road that they'll have to take care of. So, you know, you, you stay out of the way of their own evolution. And that's just my mm-hmm. opinion. But but um, you know, I think there are reasons for everything, for every form of disease and disadvantage and, and, and everything that it's all to learn from. That's why we're here. That's, well, that's just, that's I, I personally me. feel a lot of a lot of our society, the way we're, you know, when we go to Sunday school and church, we're not being taught what we need to be taught, which goes hand in hand with, I believe, what you just mentioned. I look at Jesus as being a teacher, just like Nicodemus uh-huh. said, uh, to teach us how to use these abilities within us. And I believe that you know when Peter walked on the water, his first his first few steps, he did himself. He didn't rely on Jesus until he panicked and started to sink. And then Jesus, <laughs> I could see pulling him up. So you know Peter was making progress, and after Paul had his training, uh, both Peter and Paul, of course, raised people from the dead. But Paul could even look at someone. And cause them, and this happened. It, it's in there. Uh, cause them to go blind. He didn't uh-huh. have those powers before, and and we have abilities to turn water into wine, but we're we're not being trained how to use them. And I think for me, I have come to find out that's really the downfall uh, of of I don't want to say Christians, but but was trying to tell us, and we don't have anybody to teach us this. Um, I'm sure they're out there, but as far as all around the world, the mainline mainstream denominations don't teach this. They consider it Far Eastern or they consider it taboo, and they are way off course, I'm afraid. Well, you know, it's a matter of discipline as well and practice. And, and again, getting the extraneous stuff shut down so that so that you can really sit and listen to yourself. Um, there's so much going on today. We just we just 
don't bother to look inside. We look for somebody else. You know, we look for a doctor. We look for a teacher. We look for a, a medium or a psychic or, you know, a spiritual whatever. And and the reality is, come on, you know, you're you're inside there. There's a there's a, a a spark of the divine in in all of us. And if that's where we go for our training and our meditation and our and and that's where we ask questions, and we do get answers. But but then people don't trust. They think that oh that was just my imagination or that's just what I wanted to hear and that's yeah. You know, so it's it's. We're, we are being taught to look for others to take care of us as opposed to taking care of ourselves. Mm. And, you know, that that's a sad thing. It is sad. It is sad. But I, I want to, I kind of want to swing in another direction here just a little bit because, sure. we, we, you know, obviously there are some other species out there and and so um you know some of some of the vehicles out there are are ours or russia's or china's or japan's or gosh knows who and and the one thing that that i have been fascinated with for for quite a while here are the crop circles because it feels to me that they're trying to send us a message and I don't think that people are paying any attention to. There might be a message there. They just think they're scary things, and and um, you know they 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 don't understand what they are. And do you have any opinions well, as to the purpose? That's another idea. Oh, I have opinions, all right. Um, you know, we we as a society, when we're faced with something. We don't know, and when we're faced with something that scares us, we start looking for our government for an answer immediately. And yeah. that has happened with Roswell. It's happened with it's happened here with with crop circles. Uh, as soon as those two gentlemen, they probably came out and said they were the ones who manually made crop circles, and that made mainline news. I mean, everybody bought that hook, line, and sinker, and and guess what? It all disappeared. But the crop circles are still being made, and those uh-huh. same little orbs of light that you see in pictures and in these ghost hunter TV shows and people see in the sky, these same little orbs of light are able to create a crop circle in seconds, not days or weeks, seconds. And they're done at night, and they're done in the daytime. I mean, there's been pilots that have flown over a field and there's nothing there. They made a delivery, came back the same route, looked at the same field, and there's a crop circle. Uh-huh. So these are still being made, and there are people out there that know that uh, this is an enigma and it needs to be studied further. But, you know, it's like you throw something on the wall, and if it doesn't stick, you don't have any traction. And, and yeah. this topic is considered not mainstream anymore. It's considered pseudoscience, and that again is very, very sad. Uh, there's there's plenty of professors and, and people who have their doctorates that are still studying it, and it is a real phenomenon. And, and 
Barbara's home, these crop circles have exceeded 700 feet in diameter, and they're made up of individual circles uh, uh, where somebody was out there making it, you would certainly, certainly see their tracks. And, and the circles right. don't even touch each other. So they're definitely made from the sky. It's some type of a, a perhaps a microwave energy or some other type of energy created by this orb. And, yes, they're trying to tell us something, but we don't have it figured out quite yet. And they're still being well, made to this day. Some of them appear to be sacred geometry. Sure, fractals some of, and whatnot. Yeah. Some of them appear, um, to me, they looked like they, they, they were parts of a, of a machine of some sort or a motherboard of some sort. Um, and, and, you know, others just boggle the mind. But I think one of the things that, that, that is fascinating, tell, the, tell a story about uh, Carl Sagan and his, his experiment because that blows my mind and I don't understand why it didn't make the news. Well, the SIBO message, you know, we, we sent that out. Uh, uh-huh. Maximum wattage, uh, I believe, it was the most powerful transmission ever sent out to space. Uh, something like 20 trillion. That's trillion with a T watts. And we we sent out this little plaque and whatnot, and basically told uh, where we are in the universe, or you know, our solar system, what we look like, what we're made of, or what we thought we were made out of, who can you get a response back? And we got a response back. It was 20-some years later. We got a response uh-huh. back. And and it wasn't quite maybe the response we were looking for. It was almost a duplication of what we sent out. and But there were some changes. Uh, maybe you could say a correction. For example, Silicon, we're considered to be made out of carbon, but what came back to us in the exact type of format was silicon. We sent out a six-foot human, we got back a three-foot, what some consider a gray alien, and other little changes like that, and it just didn't make the news. And, uh, I mean, you, you sent out something expecting to get an answer, then you get an answer, and nobody seems to care because it's been over 20 years. It, 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 it's really kind of sad, but, you know, it's, if you want to believe, this is certainly, certainly fuel for that fire, that we are not alone, and there are other entities out there, many of them, many of them, if not most of them, are far more advanced than we are. And this, this was just, uh, you know, another another piece of evidence for me that we are not alone. <clears throat> well, I I really, you know, never thought we were. Um but you know when you when you think of the vastness of space and the universe and the galaxies and and all of that, there there has to be other planets that support intelligent life forms and to my mind um, I, I I really kind of believe that 
planet Earth is is on quarantine as a whole, that that we are far too primitive to 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 actually take part in anything that is more more of a galactic anything because my goodness we can't even get together as a country forget a world and and it, it would seem to me that there has to be a sense of peace before we are ready to become peaceful with with other species and cultures and stuff like that I, I think mean, you're I, exactly I, correct. The day we can look at ourselves as being from Earth instead of from a particular country or particular state or particular county or a particular side of the city, as soon as we know each other as sharing this planet together, as Earthlings, if, if that's the right word to use, I think that's when we will have made progress. And we are a long way from that. So you are exactly correct. I, I just uh, I can't imagine, you know, if if and and yet, and yet and yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> according to reports that 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 I've seen validated, President Eisenhower met with um, some UF some some aliens. And from another from another planet, I guess is the best because we've got we've got aliens all over the place now. But but you know somebody from another planet or whatever, President Eisenhower met with them. I am and, I am up to speed on that, and I do believe that happened, without a doubt. And that would have made Richard Nixon up to speed also, since he was vice president during that time. By the way. Uh huh. And what what's fascinating is that even President Eisenhower's granddaughter, they tried to draft her for the secret space program. Now that I did not know. Oh, it's on my website. Um, No, you know. Yeah, you know. No, you know where it is. It's from um, the the Matrix website. Um, Oh, it's from the Matrix website. Okay. Yeah. I it's reading on that. And I know you, I know that you are about to go on vacation, but there's a YouTube video called Above Majestic that is profound and and it goes into a lot of the more recent stuff that's gone on. And I think Eisenhower's granddaughter speaks on that particular video. And okay. um Oh yeah, no, it's 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 an amazing video. But um there there is so much going on on this planet that most people don't know about and and you know in 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 the intro we I you know said that you know even the presidents aren't really read in on a lot of this material. Um which seems strange to me because it's the most powerful office that we have. And, and yet, uh, well, I've been told that there's multiple classifications of security clearance above what the president has. So he is not clued in on everything. He or she is not clued in on everything. Wow. Isn't that a little scary? Well, <laughs> you wonder who's really running the big picture. And uh, the big picture may encompass 
um, let's just say, off this planet, perhaps, uh-huh. um, and uh, communications and interactions with with other people, perhaps a space force, as you had just mentioned, which I fully oh, believe yeah. is in existence. And uh, what what Donald Trump did with, with you know with with the uh, space force, I believe that was just you know, basically maybe trying to put a lid on it, but it's it's already out there. And uh, else maybe it's trying to create an intermediary between what's out there and bringing some of that knowledge back to us here, kind of a, what well, the force yeah. used to do, that kind of thing. And, yeah, uh, I think that's... They're so that's, far advanced out there, so... Well, yeah, and that what gets me, what what really is, to me, sort of an indication that the, the everyday life that we have here is just not real because countries can't get along here, and yet in the Space Force out there, theoretically, um, all countries are, are a part of it, and they're all working in unison so that so that the superficial stuff down here that we're going through with with countries blowing up countries and all sorts of stuff like that is is almost something to keep the general public occupied so that they don't understand what's actually going on on different levels of government, black government, dark government. And, oh, Barbara, and, you are you are exactly correct. I have thought about that so many times. Uh, you are dead on again on that. Uh, we are living straight down here. Uh, uh, we we are actually working together with these countries that we down here on this planet we consider our enemies. But guess what? In the bigger picture, we're out there together, and uh, the general populace just can't be made aware of what's happening. And of course, you know, based upon the briefings, it's important that we have we are an energy-based society. And, and our stock market is based primarily on energy. And energy, and I don't mean free energy, I mean coal, natural gas, wind, uh-huh. what have you. And if, if we exposed instantly that we had free energy, I mean, look what happened with William Colby, former CIA yeah. director. Um these powers beyond the president, by the way, are not going to allow that to happen. We we would we would self-destruct. The dollar would lose its value almost overnight, and uh, the stock market would crumble along with everyone's 401ks, and the society we have built would not be able to handle it. It is too much information, too fast, and it involves a completely different set of physics than what the general populace knows about down here. And we have to ease into it. And that that's that's part of uh, what I mentioned. I have a little bit on disclosure in my book. That uh-huh. you, it, it's about communicating. You just can't come out and say this. It, it, there has to be a plan in place. Nobody's going to wake up tomorrow and be without a job, and nobody's going to wake up five years from now and be without a job. 
it will be a slow, gradual transition. But well, we need to start that still... transition now, which means we need to know that's out there. So we need a good communicator and someone to set this plan in place to bring us from a fossil fuel you know, world into something free, free energy. But look, and and look we have we to had. have a plan. But look what we had. I mean, Tesla had the ability to give us free energy. Everybody. And look what they did to him. I mean, there are such powerful organizations out there that curtail progress being made. And and it boggles my mind. Um, Well, didn't the original... Our car, the original Fords and whatnot, and they were really going to run on alcohol. But no, we ended up switching to gasoline. Mm-hmm. But gasoline during, comes during, out of the ground. Yeah. It creates during, jobs. During, well, yeah, it does that. Um, during World War II, my father was in the FBI. And at one point he was, on Long Island for a test that, that was being run, and he was part of the security and stuff like that. And he saw a car, brand new car, um, with, you know, just, just brand new. And they filled the gas tank with water and dropped a, dropped a little white pill in it, and it ran beautifully. That and, is awesome. Yeah, it's, it, yes, but... The government bought the patent, and here we are 60, 70 years later, and that little white pill is just nowhere to be seen. I mean, we, we, have, we have the capacity to do amazing things, and yet we are now under the control of Big Pharma and, and, and the energy stuff and all of that. And we're and being the manipulated. Who seems to come in and grab whatever you have before you can get it out there? Yes. People who make and, progress and, on free energy and, and, and whatnot, anti-gravity. Uh, you even think of Bell Labs, for example. Um, it just it all gets confiscated. Mhm. And not, not only that, but you got the One World government too, who's working here. And, 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 and there may even be something above or below or beyond all of that. And it, it's sort of like I, I feel that, that people like you and I and, and everybody listening probably, um, I, I have said this often and I still feel it, I feel like we're, we're pieces of a game being manipulated and moved about and we don't know what the game is. And we don't. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can see where you're going with that, but you might not. You could also add, I'm not even sure of the rules. Okay. And I don't think there are any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it's 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 like being given something with no owner's manual on how to put it together or use it. I mean, we're we're being shoved. <coughs> excuse me. We're being shoved pillar to post, and and manipulated by the government. And, you know, um, I don't know why. I don't know what their agendas are. And um, 
I think I have a right to know since I elected them, or, or theoretically I did. And and it's just sort of like I think we're at a point in time where so much change is coming. And, you know, they say that that man on 42nd Street has the placard, you know, the end is year, near. Well, he's right. The world that we know, we knew two years ago is never going to return to us. That is correct. And and um, my childhood will never re, will never repeat. There will not be that kind of freedom ever for children ever again. So that we're all looking at the world changing radically right in front of our eyes, and we just don't know why. And and you know you'll never convince me that this uh, pandemic was not created by a government and loosened on humanity because I I really believe it was intentionally done. Well, you know what? I've I've read so much about that and the latest stats I just read today that basically if you just look at the net number of people that have died over the previous three, four years, there's no big jump. Um, No. I totally agree with you. I, I, I believe somebody, some way, somehow wanted to harm our system in this country specifically, but, uh, of course, it it entailed the whole world. But uh, something nefarious was going on, and and, um, I'm going to finger, but I'm not going to do that since we're on the air. Mm -hmm. um, Somebody just wanted to show that we can bring you down, and that's exactly what happened using media against us in a lot of ways so if you control the media you pretty much control what's happening so well i i believe that they were out to call the population and they've done that and i i do believe that um but but have you noticed that the 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 normal flu no longer exists anybody mentioned the flu for a year and a half yeah, isn't that amazing? It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, if That's you're funny. dying, it's some form of COVID, or now it's some variant of COVID. Of COVID, and, yeah. And now we're probably going to have to have booster shots as it continues to evolve. And, and you know, when's it, when's it going to stop? I don't know, when's but it it's going, going to, to stop. A- is it going to stop? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that you know when when you know they've scared scared us all with all this <coughs> that um, they're going to say you have to have a booster, and I'm not too inclined to do that. I I have I have been vaccinated, but I I'm not sure I I believe the need for boosters. Uh, just me, but uh, I don't know. All I know is that again, it's a manipulation. I mean, kids couldn't, didn't used to be able to go to school without measles, mumps, chickenpox, you know, all of those vaccinations. In, in a way, the the immune system of humanity is way down because we put so much in our in our bodies to avoid those diseases that we didn't build up immunity to them. Yep. So. We're we're a, a weaker 
society than we ever have been. But but we'll have to wait and see. You know, you, you and I'll see. You know, we'll talk about it on the radio from time to time. But you know, <laughs> there's nothing we can do other than be aware and and not get our lives in order exactly. But you know, we still have time to work on our ability to understand, comprehend, to to utilize the energy that we have in our bodies and, and, and to make it, we can make it a better world. Well, um, that's what, you know, I, I want to do. And, and, you know, seeing a craft like I did put me on a path. And, uh-huh. and instead of stopping with Christianity, and, and that's all I ever need to know is what is in that one book we've already talked about. Uh-huh. It has me on a path a path towards internal spiritual development. And that's me personally speaking. Uh, something that I've kind of sort of missed somewhere along. It, it's allowed me to have a greater um, respect and understanding of other cultures and other religions and, and whatnot. And, and it, it has really changed me from a universal point of view and and I realize now that I'm on a path that, that I wasn't on before, and I, I can't sit here and tell you where I'm going to end up. But yet, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not nervous or afraid about it. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm learning things every day. I'm reading things that uh, I did not even care to read about before because a lot of them I was taught was taboo. Or why would you want to read something like that? That has nothing to do with Jesus in the Bible. But uh-huh. guess what? It really does. And, and, oh, uh, sure. Uh, it, it, I, I'm being exposed to new and different things now, all as a result of me seeing that craft and, and how it changed me. So I'm, I'm on a path, sister, so where I end up, who knows? But uh, wherever I'm led... <laughs> well, that's- uh, that's exactly what follow. it. That's exactly what it did to me in '66. It was like there's something out there, and and I didn't know what it was. And I think when that thing it it stopped for a. I'm going to say a second, but it was probably not even a second. It was probably a millimill, a millisecond, or yeah, it, it was. It stopped for a short period of time. It hovered. It felt for for a second over my dorm, and then it went and it was gone. And I think what blew my mind was that there was no air displacement, there was no sound, there just was like no mine. sound barrier breaking. Just went, and it was like holy mackerel! You know, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, my roommate. Well, I was uh, not afraid when I saw mine. I just looked up and said, well, hello there. I mean, it was just almost comical. Uh, I didn't feel that I was being watched, per se, but it's Uh been mentioned to me that uh, maybe they wanted me to see it. And, um, you know, I had wanted to see one all my life. I mean, I had an open mind. I, uh, I grew up watching you know, maybe it's still deal with the world of the worlds and all all that stuff. So uh, I had an open mind, but uh, 
to see one and to then realize that that's been all through the Bible, and not only the Bible, but all the way back to when we started writing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's it's in caves in France. I mean, they show. uh, 13,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, in no, in uh, no, and I I just they today it, it's so hard because it's so clear that um, we have been able to reverse engineer um, stuff from downed sure. ships. So that's where Velcro came from. That's where a whole bunch of other stuff came from. But what what gets me is. Why aren't they just letting us in on this stuff? Why do we have to be so secretive? And and theoretically, you know, the Battle of Los Angeles in, in I don't know, 40... Something, oh, it was right there 40, in World War II. It was in the mid-40s, 45 maybe. Yeah. I mean, that was... I, I mean, I... I uh, with, with my late husband, Patrick, uh, we interviewed a man that was actually there. He was a child, and he was on the beach picking up debris, um, you know, giving it to the government so that they could take it all and, you know, hide it away. Um, it's frightening to think that our government hides so much from us. And you know, if, if it's, I, I I don't know if it's a, it, it's a good idea or not to let everybody know what's going on, but it just, you know, personally for myself. I'd like to know. I'd I would like, like to, know. to know. Also, and I, I would honestly think that I could have a truth. Uh, and I would think that a lot of people out here could handle the truth. And I'm not going to go drain my 401k or drain my, you know, my, <laughs> my savings just because to say that we're not alone and we're not alone now and there's free energy and. Uh, we've already been out there. I mean, I, I, I already know all this stuff. So, so what what could they tell me that that I kind of in my gut know isn't already in my brain as truth? I, I don't well, think there's, you know, maybe maybe we're maybe they're just afraid that society as a whole cannot handle it. So there would be like like the uh, radio program in 38 War of the World. There would be <laughs> confusion and uh, panic and things of that nature. And that's, that's kind of another reason I wrote this book, um, Crossing the Crevice, was to, to expose that you, know, you just can't take the Bible literally like we said. You just can't. You have to read between the lines in places. You have to realize there's there's transmission errors. There's pure errors, uh, if you know where to look. I mean, you just can't take all this as the concrete word of God. Sure, it's a great book, and it's full of great information, and it's a great foundation. Uh-huh. And, and uh, but but to say it's the book that ends all books and you don't need to read anything beyond that it, it is ludicrous. Uh, Absolutely ludicrous. What if? Well, what if 
they did release everything and and i can see i can see one place where there would be major problems and that's with um your major religions because well, if you're dealing that's what with Dr. Um, Barry Downing says there's going to have to be a meta revolution for lack of a better word or a reformation uh, yeah fire theological system starting in the theology schools going through all the universities and and whatnot it's all going to be upended overnight when it's mentioned and that that's that's going to be where where the fear and panic is going to set in all derived from that um well, yeah, because I know are not involved like that. You know, they'll they'll just take it like you and me and say, "Well, it's about time we we we've known this for, <laughs> for you know but, decades." But it it easily could um, call to question almost every religious organization out there. Sure, almost. And and I mean, look to Vermonters and Hinduism, pretty much like crafts we had and. and yeah. There's crafts in other religions too. I mean, we're just not the only ones. And, uh, you know, it's worldwide. I I think that that you know it 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 would be very unsettling for for a great many people if so. There was a oh what was it was it a, it wasn't a, um I I almost want to say it was a Twilight Zone episode where the the spaceship landed and they brought technology and they were, you know, helping people to heal and all sorts of stuff and he had a book and the title was, you know, they 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 couldn't inter- and they couldn't decipher it and at first and then they they these aliens after they after they gave humanity tremendous stuff um said that they would take people back with them if they wanted to come, but that they had to gain weight because the trip was long and they needed to have body fat, yada, yada. And at one point they they finally deciphered what the title of the book was, and it was To Serve Man. It was a cookbook. Um, so... That's a great show for Twilight Zone. A cookbook. Yeah, no... He was he was amazing, but but you know you kind of Zachariah Sitchkin um, said that we were we were originally bred to be the slaves for you know uh, another species. Um, I can't believe I don't believe that, but but there are people that do. And Mine gold, you know, I think. Yeah, mine. Yeah, for their atmosphere, which makes no sense at all to me. But that's you know beside the point. Um, but he he made a fortune. But he wrote I, a lot I of just, books. He did, he did, and and there are people that 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 absolutely believe it word for word, very much like the fundamental Christians. You know, they they. With the Bible, and, and there, there are people that think Zacharias Sitchkin, you know, walked on water. Really, um, but the reality well, he had a is, different view of Nephilim than most people. So some yeah. of these views are not, not uh, how, how would you say, not conducive to being incorporated in the mainstream. 
So they're not kosher. He's he's out there on some of his beliefs. Yes. Well, I I'm sure that you know we bought him a lot of nice looking houses and cars, but um, I I I did not read all of his books. I've read some, and and um, you know I my my late husband had an opinion of him that that you know wasn't kind because because Patrick was a, a he was a biblical theologian and um so he was very into the bible and and uh Sitchkin apparently took liberties with it here and there so but but if we really had communication if we really had a, a verifiable source for alien wisdom or knowledge or whatever I think we would find that 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 our our system of religious beliefs um is is indigenous to this planet alone and that mm. in other in other places their cosmology is very very different if if you if you look at the um the moai um they didn't they didn't have a religion, but they had a spiritual belief about the 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 Milky Way being the pathway of souls, and you know it, it wasn't that they had a god exactly. It, it, it's just that they had a spiritual belief system that was very different from religious stuff. So um, yeah, that the the big thing I see is that that uh, if if we had alien technology here then then the 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 major power suppliers would be out of business and you know th- those are jobs gone and and i do believe that quite possibly um major religions would be challenged greatly or people would be driven back to them you know <laughs> one way or the other well, well there there needs to be and uh, I, I say this kind of facetiously, but, you know, somebody with my beliefs right now, I can't find a church to go to to support the beliefs I have. Sure, I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll sing. But but my my reason for being there is to serve the glory of the big God, and uh-huh. pretty much everything else that's mentioned, you know, it just goes through my head basically on out the other side. Um, yeah, I, I can get a little bit out of it, but there's a whole lot that's useful to me. And I, I think that they got to slap in the face because it's useful to a lot of people. You know, it's useful to me uh-huh. in the past. So, well, not that I'm playing it. I'm just saying at this stage, I, I would love to go to some group of people that believe like I do, or, or believe a lot of what you know, like I do, and I, I perhaps it's where I'm located. Uh, but um, I'm in Virginia, of course, Southern Virginia. But um, there's just nothing like that here. So I will continue to self-study and uh, well, yeah, and I, I get, think I, getting that... information from people like you is very beneficial to me. So. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you I really enjoy it. So thanks for sharing. Oh, listen, it's it's um 
you know, 50 years of studying, and, and um, I don't have the biblical background that, that I would like to have, but um, enough to get by on. And, and uh, you know, you never have enough, actually. But it, it's just uh, the the... The expansion of spirit within the human condition is so fascinating to me and how how we utilize that energy that we have and the connection we have to the divine and how we can um, how we can change the world that we're living in and and the reality here is that that we create our our reality by our perception of it and it's it's a it's a huna one of the seven Huna principles that that where your attention goes, the energy flows, which is which is fascinating. And mm. so, you know, I I I am constantly learning more, and and certainly reading your book and talking with you about the stuff that that we've been talking about enhances and 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 you know it 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 adds to the. Um, knowledge that I have inside of me and um, I appreciate that and that's the way I feel Uh, before I forget this the battle of Los Angeles was in 42 February of 42 but there's there's an interesting one of the most interesting phrases or passages in the Bible to me is in Daniel and uh, uh, it goes like this that, that Daniel prayed and then he gets this visit from none other than good old Gabriel who says the second you prayed your prayer was heard but I could not act on it why couldn't I act on it well it's because he was fighting the prince of Persia and he had to get the help of to help him. So he was delayed in answering delayed in answering Daniel's prayer for 21 days. But if you just focus on that and look at every angle of that um, you you come to a lot of conclusions. Uh, 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 Why was it that only Gabriel was able to answer Daniel's prayer? Why didn't big God answer Daniel's prayer? <laughs> Why was there a delay? We know our prayer was heard, but they were busy fighting spiritual forces of darkness before they could get to answering the prayer. And these spiritual the same thing as the demons we talked about in the there's definitely good and bad out there. I'm sure we both agree on that. Uh-huh. Uh, there is good and bad out there. And, uh, not every being or entity or life form that we meet uh, you know, will be friendly. Um, we may be food to some species out there. And, and you know, that, that's fine. And the good and bad permeates seems like everything. It's uh you know there's no sitting on the fence. You're either good or you're bad. That's biblical too. Um you're either saved or you're not saved. Or you're either going to heaven or you're not going to heaven. Uh, 
there's kind of no in between. <laughs> but um, this this goodness, this goodness to me is 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 manifested in light and love, and the supreme being himself. There I am using the word him. Is ah. is is <laughs> is is so powerful and so strong and so bright and so loving. And it, it, one of the books of Enoch says that he, if he ever took his eyes off creation, and this is the creator God I'm talking about, the creation would fall apart. So for me, this big God is out there, a supreme being, entity is not the right, the right word to use, this spiritual um, makeup of light and love and Gabriel and Michael and these archangels that quite apparently fly around in crafts and one you know, and Daniel Daniel nine for example Gabriel flew in swiftly that time he didn't fly uh-huh. in swiftly and just showed up there on the river he he flew in in a craft I mean the same thing with Ezekiel same thing same thing with with uh, Moses and and, and and Israelites complained about eating their little wafers, what did they get? Quail dropped from heaven. Well, that's quail that were picked up elsewhere in a ship and then dropped down on them. I mean, come on. Uh-huh. What, I'm, what I'm getting at is that this being of, of light that's out there is something completely different than what we interpreted as being the God that was here. That, that, that's my take now. It wasn't that way before. So, and, and that's manifested itself in, you know, some other stories too. Um, I can't think of the fellow's name right offhand, but uh, he crashed in into Guinea or somewhere in World War II, and, and, and the natives there saw the plane, and that plane became oh, their yeah. god. You know what I'm yeah. referring to? And that, yes, that's I human do. nature. Patagonia. You know, something you don't understand. Where was it? Patagonia. Patagonia. Okay. Thank you. And and that that seems to be our nature. And I, I believe, you know, certainly Gabriel and Michael and and these other entities and angels are sons of God. Certainly they're they're our friends, and certainly they love us, and certainly they have supreme powers. But to me, the big God is stationary out there somewhere, the God of creation. So this two-stage, excuse me, two-stage, I guess, uh, concept or theory of the little God and the big God. And I did not have Uh that before. So that's, that's, you know, something I have developed on this path that I can on now. Mhm. Well, there's a there was a movie out there um long time ago um called The Gods Must Be Crazy. And it was the story of a a guy who was flying over a part of Africa that that nobody had really ever been on before, you know, and he was eating his sandwich and he was mapping or whatever he was doing, but it was way back way back where the planes were pretty flimsy. And he was eating his lunch, and he ate his sandwich, and he drank his Coke, 
And um, I saw that movie. Threw the bottle out of the window, hit a guy on the head. God sent him this object from heaven, and they worshipped the Coke bottle. There you go. And that and, is so and, true. That is human nature. It is. Yeah. And 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 until you're awakened, or as we might say, seeing the light, uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be your belief until you break out of that mold. Uh huh. No, it, it's um, and in a way, maybe we're doing the same thing today. And and but but the reality is our prayers are always heard, but sometimes yes. the answer is no. You know, I mean, spit it out and get it out and but 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 work on it. And, and I think the important thing for me, especially, is that that you know I focus on things that I want to draw into my life. I work on myself to me to be. Worthy of attracting to me the things that I hope to get, so that it's not a matter of my asking God to bring something into my life. It's me becoming a magnet for what I want in my life. And, well, that, that's and, almost and biblical, Barbara. <laughs> I mean, you know, those, those that fear the Lord, the angels draw near. So you have control. Uh, in a lot of ways, how you are and how you relate to God, how close you become to the big God and how you develop yourself spiritually, you you have control, not control, but access to angels. So Maybe. Just like just like Jesus of the desert. If you yeah, fear God, you have access to the angels. So, uh-huh. of course, your prayer is heard. Now, whether it can be acted on in the time frame we think, uh, that's not necessarily the case. And as you say, it may be acted on and we not get the answer we think we should have. So, well, and, and the reality, too. Your prayer is heard. Always. And, and you know, what, what I find fascinating is that, that um, we... We, as our consciousness, our conscious mind, the 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 part that's thinking and talking that we're that we're using now, is is your consciousness. Your higher consciousness has access to what the spirit needs, what the spirit wants to experience, and what my ego may want, may not be what my spirit needs. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference, you know. Need always, always, always. Trumps want, and and yes. So so that so that what I need may not be what I want. What I want is you know maybe maybe really cool, but what I need is to not get it because that'll make me a better person. So lots of times you know when something doesn't happen the way you want it to. It's it's sort of like, well, maybe I needed this experience in order to be a better person. You know, if if um, if something is stolen from me, I I basically try to always think, 
maybe whoever stole it needed it more than I did. Maybe there's mm. a reason, you know, it, it's sort of like, um, it's my perception. I try very hard to always perceive things in a positive light. And uh, I don't always succeed, by the way, <laughs> but... but <laughs> I, I, that's why I'm down here. Setting your mindset on something certainly has an effect on on how you perceive it. It's like Uh if you're going on vacation and you've already talked yourself into having a a great time, you're going to have a great time. But on the other side of the coin, you could talk yourself into not having a good time. You're not going to want to do anything anybody else does, and you're going to have a miserable time. So it's how you set set your mind to it is to really what the outcome is going to be. Uh-huh. And, and I have found that when somebody asks me how I am, I always tell them I'm fabulous. Even if, you know, I have an ache or a pain or I, you know, the sinuses are getting to me. And the reality is the more you talk about being fabulous, the more you become fabulous. You know, well, that's biblical again. What a man thinks, a man becomes. That's, that's, that's the famous little proverb, and it's written yeah. different ways from the different, uh, different uh, translations. But uh, really, what we think, we do become. And that, that's the uh-huh. power of the mind, what we've been hitting at this evening. It's untapped in, in so many people, and not only untapped, even unrealized, that it, 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 we just use a very, very small percentage of our brain. And what's the rest of it for? Oh, I mean, yeah. really, have you wondered that? What's the rest of it for? I mean, was it wasted? Does it serve a purpose? I, mean, I, I do believe... All these other beings from out there past, we just haven't learned how to use them yet. Exactly. I Like, I, like my analogy with the car, those are the bells and whistles. Those are the portals to other dimensions. Those are the talents and skills that we brought into this lifetime that, that we we don't even know we have, so we're not reaching for them. I mean, there's um, there's so much more to to our potential that that it, it blows the mind. And you know, you you kind of sometimes sit and think, okay, so here I am with you know however many degrees you've got, and however much, much school you've got, and and, and all the training you've got and all of the things you've got, and you realize that only 6% of my brain is functioning. And yep. and you want to kick, kick down doors and say, hey, you know, um, I do believe personally that in our DNA we carry our own hall of records. So hmm. that, so that uh, you know, and they don't know You mean, you mean from of, previous incarnations? What, what do you yep. mean by hall of records? Uh, you know the the hall of records that supposedly is is you know the, our spirit our spiritual record of where we've been since the beginning, and you know, okay. yes, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, and yep. and all of the talents and gifts, and you know they they're looking under the sphinx for this, they're looking you know in another dimension for this, they're looking you know in at well on Oak Island for this, they're they're looking <laughs> all over for. Um, there is a um, oh, there's a wonderful story, and I don't know I don't know where it originated from. It's not mine, but I do repeat it frequently. That the gods got really excited, gods s, and they created humanity 
in their own image, in their own, that means totally. And after the creation happened, they said, uh-oh, this, this is just like us. We have made this a god. And, you know, we're going to have to in some way hide the knowledge and the wisdom from them so they don't misuse it until they're ready. And so we're going to have to hide it from them. And they took eons trying to figure out where they could hide this knowledge and wisdom so that humanity would not find it. And it was like on the moon, nah, he'll fi- they'll finally get there and they'll find it there and on the deepest sea. Nope, they'll get there too. And they went on and on and on throughout a lo- eons of time. And finally, and, and, and a wise woman has to be a woman, um, finally came in and, and just... <laughs> And just said to them, oh, would you just stop? I will tell you where you can hide it so humans will never find it. And they said, where? She said, hide it inside. They'll never look there. And Mm. so it was done. Mm. I love that story. (laughs) Uh, That that is, uh, yeah, I'm speechless after that, but uh, that's marvelous. Um, Marvelous. So, and, anyway, and it's true. Just so, just so your listeners, your regular listeners, probably know uh, about reincarnation. But the people have tuned in to listen to me. I, I know I've got some family members and some friends that are listening. That uh, I, I did want to make the point that that reincarnation per se was an accepted line of thought in the early church. Uh, yes. Origen really pressed with that. And at one point, Origen was called the greatest mind the church ever ever knew. And he was one of our church fathers who uh, studied Alexandria, had some Greek influence, and studied the climate of Alexandria. And all of, all of that information basically got uh, taken out started with Jerome and ended up, you know, uh, later with Adora and uh, uh, Justine was uh, taking what little bit was left out. And the only remnant we have really is of reincarnation that's left in there. And some people don't even know this, is uh, who was John the Baptist? Well, you're talking oh. about cousin of Jesus. Uh-huh. But no, that's not my question. Who was John the Baptist? He was he, Elijah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No, so, well, doesn't it, doesn't in some place in the Bible Jesus talk about being the God of the Old Testament? Yep. Th- that that again would that be re- Explain that to yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> But but yes, so, there it, it it's definitely there. I think there were probably more more sections that alluded to it, but they were taken out. Sure. And, uh, but but I, but if you stop and think, something as intricate and as precious as a human spirit could not possibly have been created for a one-time shot. No way. Especially yeah. if we're considered quote, children of God, in quote. Now think uh-huh. about that. Children, we're not grown up yet. 
with children. We're babes. And the Bible talks about the little ones so much, how special they are. And that's what we are. We are special. And and so the growing up process takes a lot of time. And I hate to use the word time because I think we've discussed this before. I'm not even sure time exists. And it certainly doesn't exist the way we think it does. I mean, time is no, just for does. us right here, right now. That's all that is. But, uh-huh. but and to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord, and the Lord knew us before we were born. And and if you're with the Lord, and you you've got to continue to improve, you've got to continue to to perfect yourself, you've got to continue to grow. And and you know, there's a part of me that says. You know, realizing that and knowing I was alive before I was born and knowing that my my spirit, my entity, my whatever it is that makes me up was, you know, still there before I was born into a body, maybe I had a, you know, a, a say-so in what type of environment I would be born in so I could, ex- you know, ex- have uh, uh, knowledge and, and be exposed to obstacles and, and problems that, that I would have and have had uh-huh. in this lifetime. And uh, so it's a growing it's a growing opportunity. And I, well, I think sure. if you if you look at it that way, that's why the word fair is never in the Bible. Life isn't fair. Everybody's life is different. Everybody's got uh-huh. a different set of challenges and obstacles to experience. And when you die, you really don't die. I mean, hello, you're still alive. And, and, well, it, it's 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 like remember when we were growing up every year we had to get a new winter coat because we'd outgrown the one before. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what reincarnation. All went to the store. Yeah, but that's what reincarnation is. You know, you come back with a different coat, or or it's like the earth is a boarding school, <laughs> and and you know we're here for it's, a semester, and then when we. Culture. Our culture here doesn't doesn't grab onto that, and, and, and you look at our brothers and sisters in India, for example, and it's beyond belief. I mean, they know it's fact. I mean, they uh-huh. are able to see it, and, and there's been thousands of of documented cases without doubt that it occurs. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way to answer that. Absolutely, and and we just miss out on so much. And, and uh, as I say, I, I wish people could use my book and, and just let it be a catalyst or or a way to just create a little opening to let some light in and perhaps realize that this is not the end. This is just the start of oh, the gosh, path yeah. of gaining more knowledge and light. And that, that you well, know, it took a craft writer in my head, and if that's what it took, well, then so be it. Pretty hard headed anyway, but well, well, you know, I, I I look upon this show as 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 a place where, you know, we can put information out there. And first of all, I'm delighted when people listen, but I'm even more delighted when I make them mad and they have to go to the books to prove me wrong, or <laughs> or they want to challenge me. If we can make people think we have served our purpose, because um. You know, it's just come on, turn the brain on. You know, challenge me absolutely, and and 
I am not always, well, I am always right for the moment I'm right in. It's just that it doesn't always carry over to the next moment. So, you know, I, I tell people my philosophy is ever, ever growing, ever evolving. So, you know, this is it for, this is my truth for right now. But, you know, later on it may be different. So, for gosh sake, don't, well, I'm, don't I'm carve any of this. I'm going to give you a plug, too, in, in that you have an excellent, excellent website. You've got a lot of very interesting topics. and You have a great history on UFOs, and everybody wants to take a look at that. It's just, it's pretty oh. awesome, actually. Thank you. I I I, ha- I can't take I can take credit for putting it up, but my my late husband compiled all of that. Mm. And when his web yeah. when his website came down, um, that was one of the things that it was not in any of his books. So the material on the giants and the UFOs are both things that he compiled. Um, I don't have the patience for that, but I just noticed our time, and <laughs> I want to thank you. So very much for being with me tonight. This has been delightful, and and um, it's been such fun. And um, obviously, be able to talk with the blinders off. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. No, it's 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 fun to be able to throw this around to challenge things and to ask questions that we don't have the answers to. But if anybody has the answers, please call. Um, <laughs> I would love to be enlightened yeah, I, on some I, of them. I hope we just opened a few minds out there to maybe cause some people to want to explore a little further. I will bet you money we did. And the name of your book is called Crossing the Crevasse. Crevasse. Yep. And yep. Uh, with Wallace Wagner, and who is going on vacation, and I hope you have a wonderful vacation. <laughs> well, thank you, Barbara. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm like everybody else. We've been cooped up, it seems like, forever. I know that feeling. So I, I want to I wanna thank you again, and I'm sure we're going to have you back, and especially with the second book, absolutely. And um looking forward to that one. And um, yeah, I want to thank you. working on it now. Well, I am looking forward to reading it. Um, and, and I recommend everybody check out the book because he has so much material in there. It, it, it will fascinate you. Um, in many different ways. And thank you so much. Remember to visit us tomorrow night. Mark has a wonderful show uh, tomorrow night. And um, and again, of course, next week. So visit uh, the YouTube channel. Check it out. And if you like what you see and hear, please subscribe because that's the way we figure out that people are actually listening. Thanks, you, everybody, and have a great night. Good night.